Hey y'all, and sorry to interrupt your beginning of doing the dang thing, but just as a quick disclaimer before you hop into the episode and you're probably lost as all get out, I completely forgot to have Marissa introduce herself before we started talking, and so (laughs) that was my silly little mistake, but I hope you all enjoy the episode, so let's get into it. What's your SI again? Um, Mine is mobilizing the American electorate, which is I try to register, mobilize, and educate people enough to get to the polls Um, on election day, as there are many, um, especially this year. I mean, I think we just had a few. um, I know Kansas was the other day, and um, everybody's primaries are very scattered. Um, But I just think elections are incredibly important, and it changes the fabric of our country and the way that our country goes, whether it comes to the way that our court systems work um, by electing judges in certain areas by, um, you know, the people that are going to appoint them in certain areas. And um, it reflects our community values and how students are going to be treated, how funding is going to be allocated. And I want to see a world that is more reflective of the people that I know. And, you know, I am a woman of color. I am Mexican American, I'm half Mexican, half Irish. And, um, so I like, don't look super Mexican, but I'm very Mexican. And, um, so I, you know, I think that our country can do a lot better. And the only way to do that is if we let the country know what we're thinking. That is, that's extremely important because especially the state age, you know, People are one to like complain about it on social media and then they don't go and vote. And then I'm kind of like, then, you know, it's, it's just a weird thing where you're like, well, why would you say that and then not go vote? And especially this year's election is so important because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be a deciding factor over RBG. Um, Because sadly, I think her time is going to be up on the Supreme Court. You know, relatively soon. It's so unfortunate. And, you know, as heartbreaking as that is, because she's iconic, um, we love strong women. It's so important to see who's going to take over her seat. Mm-hmm. And as it, I'm a first-time voter this year. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. And you also just reminded me to order my absentee ballot for November. I can give you the direct link for it if you need. We can talk about it. Give yourself 14 days to send it in. They're saying that um, the U.S. Postal Service is just um, is struggling right now, not only financially, but because of the financial difficulties, it's taking them longer to get mail places. And so they're saying send your absentee ballot in. Like Give yourself two weeks for it to be sent to you and to send it back. You do not want your vote not to be counted simply because there's for some reason, it's not getting to where it needs to be. So send it in as soon as you get it. Just fill it out, send it in, and... Uh, well, I should go ahead and request it, huh? Yeah, you should request it. Especially because um, I saw a great chart the other day, and we've been talking about flattening the curve with COVID, um, which is still relevant and important. Um, but they were talking about how, like, there's, like, a ballot request curve. Like, people often, like, toward Election Day, everybody requests their absentee ballots. So the USPS gets 
overloaded. And so does the board of elections. So in New York, I have several friends that didn't even get their absentee ballots before election day came like a week later. They're like, well, how does that help me? So requesting it early, make sure that you're ahead of that. And that hopefully there's like a steadier stream, a flattened curve of um, people requesting their ballots. That way it's more assured that you get it. And that way there's no overloading and that the way there's no problems. It's ridiculous that New York did not get everybody their absentee ballots. Oh, that's insane. That is absolutely insane. You just reminded me of Mallory Hagan there in that moment. Um, a fellow, a former Miss New York and Miss America there. He's amazing. She's originally from Alabama. Did you yes, know? Yes, I did. She went, to, she went to Auburn. And so she's an Auburn girl. So war equal to Mallory if hopefully she listens to this. But <laughs> if you don't, Mallory, it's okay. We won't hold anything. Um, but yeah, so what do you want to do with your law degree? Like what kind of law do you want to practice? Yeah. So, uh, so I just got a job offer and I accepted it at a place for after graduation. So like October, 2021, um, at a law firm in New York city called Venable. Um, it is right next to radio city music hall. It is the building to the left of it. So I know what building you're talking about. (laughs) Just go to radio city music hall in like 2021. We can hang out. Um, and I thought I wanted to be a litigator and I still like, part of me still really wants to, but I did some work this year and in the summer during my summer job with the firm that I accepted the offer with. Um, and you might think this is a snooze fest, but with trust and estates. So doing not only like wills and stuff, but, you know, structuring trusts for people that way they can make sure that their, you know, children's finances are protected. And that way, um, you know, you can also structure prenups and all these different types of things. I think I'm leaning that way because first of all, if I'm doing litigation, at a big law firm. I'm not doing the type of litigation that I always hoped and dreamed I'd do. This is like pay the loans, like do stuff that is intellectually stimulating, but it's not like my dream. And if I can do work that is a little bit less stressful and maybe a little bit more enjoyable day to day in trust and estates, I can do a lot of pro bono work in my practice at the firm that I'm working with because they allow you to do a lot of pro bono work and still count it toward your hours for your billable hour requirement for the work. So then I can do some like litigation stuff that has to do with human rights and immigration and maybe like make that a sub practice of what I do while still having like cool A-list clients in trust and estates and like helping celebrities and people, but also like at the end of the day, I'm also helping people contribute to charity and helping make sure that and reminding them of, you know, when they're drafting their wills and stuff, okay, what organizations do you really want to give back to? And that creates an influx of money into places that really need it. And that's important to me. And also like, I want to be a mom one day. I want to be, you know, somebody that isn't at work all the time. And in litigation, there's just fewer from who I, from the people that I talk to, there's fewer exit options from big law. You know, if you're going to start out as a litigator, you might probably, you're probably going to be a litigator forever, which sounds amazing right now. I don't know if in 20 years, I'll still want to be litigating. If I'm going to want to, you know, be busy and only work in big law or have to go to somewhere else and take a major pay cut. If I were to do trust in estates, I can see myself having a longer career there and still being able to do the work that I want to do that can make me even more happy and feel more fulfilled on the side. I love that. That's, that's great. I love, I love a goal. That's property law, isn't it? Yeah, property law. Yeah, a lot of property yeah, law. I watch, I watch lipsticks and lattes on YouTube, and she I was talking that. about her property law class and how it was stressful. Oh, I property law is not easy. <laughs> really there's so much you have to remember. 
Yeah. Um, property law, the one thing that like, I feel like gives me, um, like anxiety from law school is learning about the rule against perpetuities in property class. And I just think about it and I go, I still don't know what that means. And nobody that I know knows what it means. And I don't think I ever will. I probably will considering I'm going to go and do it. Um, but so I ranked my practice groups. You get to rank your practice groups. So I put trust in estates, then litigation, and then political law. Cause I love politics as, you, as you've seen uh, by speaking to me, big voter, big political news junkie. Um, yeah, I like to keep I like to keep up with uh with our government and foreign governments and see what uh what's going on. And that's so important and that's one of the amazing things about the Miss America organization and on stage questions and of course the private interview at the state level is how important it is for us to get involved and get to know what's on the news and make sure you're not just getting your news from Susan on Facebook. You're Love actually that. getting it Don't from Susan as much as you need to listen to everybody else. Exactly. And it's like, you're getting it from proper, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out the wording here. Like reputable sources. Yeah. Reputable sources and not, there's a great graphic that goes from places that lean more liberal and places that lean more conservative and how reputable they are. So if it's extremely far right and it says, this is my way or the highway or, you know, on the flip side, you know, it's my way or the highway on the left side, but then you have this lovely block in the middle. Yes. It's the very top also known as the associated press Love that. <laughs> gives unbiased, true reporting, which I, I get my news from the Associated Press. I I love I love me some Associated Press. I love them. I also love NPR. NPR is my big one because they're publicly funded, and so I feel like I'm always hearing different perspectives on their page or on their on their you know news broadcast. And I used to listen to it every single day on the way to school when I started driving, and I felt like I was such a nerd. But I like you know in the morning at in my like AP US history class, my professor or my teacher would be like, "Anybody listen to NPR this morning?" I was like, "Oh my god, I got you!" And we talk about it, and that prepared prepared me a lot for a competition that I did back in like 2015 called Distinguished Young Women. And it's very similar. Oh, Distinguished Young Women. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, I competed in San Diego and then I ended up winning for California um, years back um, in like 2015. And so I listen, I listen to NPR every day and but before I even started competing. And that's the only other competition that I've done other than Miss America. And this is my first year in Miss America. Um, I'm trying it out. Do so I'm trying it out, um, and I think it's it was one of the first places in this type of interview sphere, even back in 2015 in a different system, that I really felt like people really cared about what I had to say. My parents have always been encouraging with what I had to say, and I went to an all-women's high school, but I feel like finally, you know, people are firing questions at me, and it proved to myself that I could handle it, that I knew what the world was around me. People could throw things at me, and I at least had something to say about it. I had something with my voice to say, you know what, I think that that's, that that's wrong politically, or that, you know, doesn't exactly align with my social justice. Um, you know, likes and feelings and, and understanding of the world. And, you know, I, I think that it's important to criticize the world around us to make it better. You know, if we say, well, it is what it is, um, we're never going to get anywhere. And that's something that's important about the Miss America organization. Every single woman is working on something different to make sure that the world around us is shaped in a better way. If we all tried to do world peace, we can't, we can't do, we, that's too big of a thing, you know, but if we all work truthfully on 
small issues, not, not even small issues, huge issues, but if we focus in on issues, we are going to make a much larger impact. And I think that's so beautiful to see. And I love seeing that with my Miss America sisters now. And that's like so convenient. And just seeing like in the national group chat we have, just seeing all these girls like introduce their social impact initiatives from hunger, child abuse, sexual assault, voting, and just like, I forgot one, arts and education, that's a big one. And just seeing how, well, I have the same idea about that. And so does she, but she's doing this, this, and this. Well, I always said someone should do this, this, and this. Yeah. And it's just really cool to see how, you know, especially in the teens too, in the Outstanding Teen Program, seeing how like far forward these girls are. And I'm like, I was not that way when I was 14, but more power to you, sister. But no. that's what you said about NPR. My dad, anytime he drove me to school, it wasn't music on the radio, it was NPR. And so that's how I learned about so much. And then now that it's starting to trickle in, like stuff that I heard back in like 2014, trickling into mainstream media now, I'm just kind of like, oh, I already knew about that. Like I've had that, like the Be My Eyes app to help individuals who are blind or have a hard, like they can't, they just have bad vision. Um, and you can help them, like they'll show you and they're like, I need help finding the red shirt. I have four shirts laid out here and I need to know which one's the red shirt. You would say, oh, it's the one, it's the, not that one, but it's the next one on your right. And you know, I saw something about it on Facebook the other day and I was like, I've had that app on my phone since 2014 or I think it was even earlier. I've had it on my phone. I actually also have it on my phone, but I haven't gotten any. You hear about it from NPR? I don't remember where I heard about it, but I have had it on my phone. I think I, I think I recently deleted it because I wasn't getting any messages and I was like, I want to help people. And it's not three. I've had three before. Oh, that's awesome. So one was like one kid just like fooling around and then two were um, one was at a grocery store and then one was how to turn on their cable box. They had just moved and they were trying to turn on their cable box. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, I was like, that's so convenient. My dad was walking in. I was like, hold on. I'm about to have to do a, my, be my eyes call. Cause like, you'll get the alert and there's so many people who are on the ad. You gotta be like quick to get it. It's like, it's almost as exciting as like a flash sale online. I've never gotten a call. So I was like, does this thing even happen? So yeah, we download it now. That's so awesome that you had it. Um, and I just think like, I also, I think maybe I can't remember, maybe I heard an NPR, but I also like, I, one of the most anxiety inducing things is seeing a blind person in New York city because I want to ha like, I like how you a are way more talented at anything in life than I am because you are navigating the subway system or something. And I spoke to a lovely gentleman one day, I think it was on like 34th street. And he was like, Oh, like, is, is the walk sign on now? And I was like, yeah, like the walk signs on. And I was like, Hey, like you have like 30 seconds. So like, and, you know, for, it says the thing. So I was like, let's get you across the street. And if you're looking for that street, go left to right. Once you get there. Um, and I just, I, it's such a small way to be a help to the people around you. And it's really important. So I love that you use the app. That's so exciting. So I just redownloaded it. I want to get a call. I want to help people. But maybe, so maybe, glad. maybe I'll send some of the be my eyes waves to you and you'll get, get a well, phone call tonight. I'm so glad that there are so many people on it that you're saying that they get snapped up really quickly. That's so exciting and like such an incredible resource for people. And it's one of those like phenomenal things, like where that small thing you did for that one person that took you 30 seconds made the world of a difference in their day. And especially like that even goes off of like being kind to people 
you know, the world today is filled with so much hate and so much nasty, nastiness, like comments online, on the media, he said, she said, and just even in day-to-day functions, like I've, I've had a run-in with a few mean New York City civilians, but other than that, everybody was really nice, really nice, love the people, yeah, love the people, love the city, um, but you know, there, we, I got lost, I am directionally <laughs> challenged, <understand> that. so <laughs> we have three extremely Southern young girls in New York City. I couldn't pronounce LaGuardia. Okay. I called it LaGuardia. Love that. For, hey. And someone was like, who? <laughs> what? And I would pronounce some of these street names and they're like, the what? The where? The plot? Huh? <laughs> I've never heard of that. And I try to show them on the map and then they'd say it the proper way. And then they're like, oh yeah, you just go down here. <laughs> but I ended up um, in an alleyway in um, Little Italy. <laughs> Okay. Well, hey, you read that. I was scared. But really, I love the little villages. Like, it was so cool. We went to Christmas in New York, the little uh, shop in Little Italy, and it was Christmas time. So we got like the Christmas ornaments and stuff, and you could get in there real cheap, real cheap. And it was inside a store, and it's like, it's Christmas all year round. It's Christmas, and you can get ice cream. All around there, and it's so good. I went to a gelato making class actually um, in New York City like two years ago, I had a Groupon, I love Groupon, and um, went to a gelato making class. And I feel like I'm, I'm very well versed in gelato now. Um, I don't, I couldn't make it again, but they told us like how to spot good gelato, like how to spot like fresh gelato. And like, it's when it has like, um, when you can see the, like when you pour it out of the gelato making machine, like where it turns it, whatever, when they pour it into the pans, it'll like make like a certain kind of like wavy pattern. Mm-hmm. If that isn't the pattern on top, that means that it's been like frozen and then they've had to scoop off the top of it. So it's not like as fresh, which is interesting. So now I'm kind of a gelato snob. Not, I mean, I'll eat it. I really, I'll eat anything. I'm a big sweet. Like, I look at the Tolenti in a top. I know I do that too, but I also, but I'm like, oh, I know, I know better, but I'm still eating it. But I mean, I don't know. I want, I want the good stuff. I just want, I just want any frozen ice cream based type of thing. Like I don't really care. But it was really cool. So our prep assignment going to New York was marketing tactics in the city. And it was all over ice cream, how you're more likely in like places like the deep South, like Alabama, Georgia, Florida, uh, Louisiana, Tennessee, and you're, I'm going to get hate for saying Florida's in the deep South. The little top bit of Florida, little cut. I'm not talking about Miami, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not talking about Mickey Mouse. <laughs> um, but that little top part of Florida, the deep South, um, where I'm from, born and raised down here, how you're more likely to find a gallon of Bluebell ice cream versus in New York, where you're more likely to find singular pints of ice cream. Mm-hmm. And how it's cheaper in places like New York compared to down here because it's they're not making as much money down here off of pints, like individual pints. Like if you were to get it, you know, Walmart brand, Target brand, whatever brand that's the in-house brand, it's going to be cheaper in places like New York and California where there's a lot of single people living versus big families. You can get ice cream cheap. There are things in New York that are cheaper than other places. I mean, other than the dollar size, I mean, it's, not I, like I dollar size it's not like a big difference, but you know, it's, if you were to look up the exact price, like we can do an experiment one day, like okay. you go, next time you go to the grocery store, I want you to take a picture of the pints of ice cream and I will tell you what it is down here. 
Like I'm gonna like I'm looking on the Target app right now because I can okay. change the location. I want to know this. I can change the location to the one to the one closest to you. Oh my god, that's so interesting. Huh? Ice cream pint. I've never really thought about this. I know it's so insane, and it's small as ice cream. So a, a pint of Ben and Jerry's down here is four dollars and eighty nine cents at Target, and so the in house brand is a dollar seventy nine at my target, but it, I also live in a college town where there's a lot of single individuals. So if I, I were to change this in New York, I've never seen ice cream for a dollar. New York city. Let's see. New York city, New York. Let's see. Should I go to the lower East side, Manhattan East village or Tribeca, which one or Manhattan? I got Manhattan Herald square in the upper East side. Yeah, the, the Herald Square one's like the main one. That's the one near the Macy's that you were talking about. Okay. So let's let's go let's go deep, deep middle of Manhattan. All right, let's see. Ice cream pint. Ooh, the prices went up for Ben and Jerry's. It went to $5.99. Yeah, dude. That's, that's I, I've never seen ice cream that cheap. When we were up there, we specifically had to go and interact the ice cream prices. First of all, a hilarious assignment. That's awesome. That was, um, it was the middle of December. It's freezing cold. It's a week before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it was snowing outside that day. It was like a light flurry. It wasn't like, it wasn't sticking, but it was cute now. Enough, enough to freak out any Southerner. <laughs> <laughs> So, but the market pantry is the same price. Market pantry is $1.79. I can buy a pint of ice cream somewhere in Manhattan for $1.79. Yeah, let's see. Oh, it's out of stock. I'm so sorry. It's out of stock in Manhattan Herald Square. It's upsetting. It's okay. It, it can be there soon. So okay. Gotta get the market pantry brand. Here, I'll even show you the print. Okay. Okay. I love that. Love that. We love to see it. And that birthday cake ice cream is really good. I have some in my freezer. Yeah, well, I it have, like five dollars there, and but Talenti is cheaper down there, four twenty nine, because people don't typically eat gelato down here. Oh, let's see, they have they're out of stock of a lot. Of, is people eating a lot of ice cream in New York? Well, I guess because of quarantine. I mean, I yeah, like a lot of like Ben and Jerry's and stuff is like out of stock. Huh. I, I there aren't a lot of people like going downtown, like the touristy type yeah. places and all that. I, I haven't eaten that much ice cream during quarantine. I've eaten a lot of cookie dough, though. Well, actually, that's mm, in the past month of quarantine, I've eaten a lot of ice cream. Before that, I was really good. And I, my favorite type of ice cream is chocolate chip cookie dough, but especially and specifically from Baskin Robbins. Theirs, I swear by it, is the best chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. I had a birthday cake from Baskin Robbins for my half birthday. So my grandparents on my dad's side, celebrated my half birthday with me because they couldn't see me my birthday's in january so they didn't see me oh my too. when the 30th oh it's the 25th oh my god we're so, oh, that's so cool <laughs> that's that's oh, i love that so now we're i'll have to write you on my birthday calendar back there <laughs> back there's the birthday calendar and so anytime i run into a birthday that i have I'm like shoot i'm about i'm about to write it down on my brand new um plum paper planner this is not sponsored even though at plum paper if you want to if you want to sponsor me I'm not going to say no. <laughs> Hit her up. <laughs> at Let's see. Special dates, January. Wait, so are you, um, I don't do a lot of this whole horoscope astrology situation, but um, I'm an Aquarius. Is on I'm like right on the cusp. Are you then a Capricorn? Interesting. No, I'm an Aquarius. Oh, you are. Okay, okay, okay. 
because I like I know that I'm like I'm pretty much toward the end of the of the situation with the Aquarius I put you I'm pretty sure the 31st is I don't know I think the 30th might be the cutoff date I I have no clue I don't keep up with a lot of it, but I don't really keep up either. I just know, I just know what I am. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> came up in conversation one day, and I was like, I, I don't know. Let me Google it, and then it came up as that, and so that's that's what I identify as um, for my horoscope. But yeah, so like, how are you doing the dang thing? So of course, my podcast name, doing the dang thing, it's all about people that are like, why that? And so, doing the dang thing really sprung from me going through my phases of abuse and the healing process. Mm-hmm. And all of that, that went on. And so whenever I would find myself in like a challenging situation and like I'm pushing myself to get through, I would always tell myself, oh, look, you're doing the dang thing. And so whenever my friends do something like where they're just like killing the game, like when they're knocking off things off their checklist, I'm like, oh, look at you. You're doing the dang thing. Or, you know, you got into law school. You're doing the dang thing, sister. Keep on, keep on going with your bad self. And so that's where this idea really like came off of. A lot of my friends told me that I would never stop talking. And so, (laughs) (laughs) and so they were like, you need to come up with something. And then I'm just a hoot to be around. You are a hoot to be around. Or the memory to bring around a camera with me. So I was like, you know what, let's just, let's just do a podcast. Because then like half the time you're gonna have to like, like cute on camera. And then I'm like, nah, we'll we'll, we'll just keep it voice only. (laughs) Um, but how I'm doing the dang thing. Um, I mean, how I'm doing all my voter rights work. Um, I do it in a lot of different phases. So I think that voting and inspiring the next, next generation of voters functions in many different stages of people's lives. So first of all, I go into classrooms and I speak with kids who, yeah, won't be voting for another 10 years, but it inspires them and it lets them know that their voice is important on day one and when they're young and impressionable. That way, when they get to age 18, first of all, somebody's told them why, why this is important, what types of things this affects, how their life can change because of it, how their community can change because of it, and it puts it on their radar which is important. I also show them like loosely how to register to vote. I'm also like, guys, just Google it. I swear it's so easy. And um, they get excited and we, we do mini ballots and talk about um, you know things that they could vote on in their schools and how they can really have an impact. We also talk about voter turnout and how you know, if half the class wasn't there that day, their classroom might look a lot different if they vote on one day. So I think it's important to inspire kids at that age, but I also think it's important because it brings the conversation home with them. Those kids then, a lot of parents ask, what did you do at school today? And they'll say, you know, some girl in a crown came to my classroom and talked to me about voting. And, you know, have you voted mom? And have you voted dad? And, you know, when's the next election? And can I come with you? And that's so important, especially in communities that are not as politically active and that need to be more politically active because otherwise they're left out of the conversation. So I do a lot of that. Um, I also did some voter disenfranchisement work with the New York Civil Liberties Union. So um, I did, I think it was 130 hours, was like my externship with them. This is, it was, it was 10 hours, it was only 10 hours a week for 13 weeks. Okay. Um, <laughs> Ignore my son. <laughs> Talk about the breakup of hours. It is, um, it is, Yes, and then part of it went remote because of COVID, but I looked at different disenfranchisement techniques um, in school board elections. So many school boards do not look like the communities that they represent. In the school board uh, that I was investigating, it's a district that has, it's like 50 or 60% minorities. They've never even had a minority candidate 
for the school board. That's a problem. That tells us many things about the community. And then I, you know, spoke to different people, former mayor, all these people to understand whether or not it's a case that they could bring under the section, under section two of the Voting Rights Act. And the New York Civil Liberties Union is looking into now filing a case maybe, which is kind of interesting um, for me to be a part of. Um, otherwise, I register people to vote. I do it with Headcount, which is an organization that registers people at concerts and events. So when you're walking in, I, you can take two seconds, talk to Marissa Gomez over here, and I can get you registered to vote. And that is very great. And or I can help you request your absentee ballot. And I can be there as a person when a lot of people get to concerts early and have like 15, 20 minutes to putz around. Like, I'm your gal during that time. So I try to capture people in, in those times. And during quarantine, it's looked a little bit different, um, a lot different, actually. Um, I have done a civics lesson online um, to an after-school program. Um, I read to kids and I talk to them about my platform still. Um, but I do a lot of text banking. I talk to, I text people through apps like Outvote and Hustle. Um, Outvote is my favorite. I love them. And they're, they have a great social media page. They do a lot of information for voting rights. And they um, they make it super easy to contact voters. So I right now I'm texting through them through um, the campaign when we all vote, which is headquartered uh, sorry headed by Michelle Obama, and then also through Vote Save America, which is an organization that works to target voters in swing states just to mobilize them. That way, swing states have a more definitive outcome, um, whichever way it goes. All the stuff that I do is nonpartisan. Obviously, I have an opinion myself, but that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to persuade you in one way or another. I'm here because I want our country to look more like the people in it, and I think that it will look that way if more people show up to the polls. I, I love that. I know from a lot of my friends down here who are involved with student government, they worked really hard in Louisiana. So Baton Rouge is the state capital of Louisiana, mm -hmm. and they worked, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, um, I don't have COVID, I promise. Um, we, they worked really hard to use our Tiger card as a valid form of ID when you go to vote. So the program is called Go Vote. And so down here we spell it G-E-A-U-X, like Go Tigers, but it was Go Vote. And okay. so now students can register from their dorms to go vote. Praise. You can also bring your Tiger card. So if you don't have a driver's license, because... You know, some people just don't want a driver's license or, you know, they forget it, but they have their tiger card on them. You can show your tiger card at the polls and you can vote. And they registered, a, they registered individuals to vote. We hosted, um, we hosted a debate here. I think we hosted um, the governor debate. The oh, final really? I think we uh, hosted the final one on campus. I remember there's a bunch of TV crews. And so, and they were out there registering people to vote. And they have like all this fun stuff like Go Vote LSU is a phenomenal program put on by student government. And they fought this for so many years. And I absolutely love every single person involved with student government and the work that they're doing. It's just, it's, especially with Go Vote, like voting, especially like being a first time voter, voting is so important. And I am thankful enough to have been raised by a dad who has a degree in history. And so he always taught me the importance of voting. Mm -hmm. And one of his big things, he was like, well, don't complain about it if you don't go vote. Yeah. Like you, like you can't really complain if you don't vote because then no one's gonna know what you want. 
So <laughs> it's, it's just insane how all this works out and especially the difference in between one vote because people are like, my vote doesn't matter. It's done through the electoral college, but your vote influences the electoral college <laughs> and then they vote. And yeah. one vote can make a massive difference. And the other thing is that we have to get away from the mentality of if, if I'm not making the decision, then it's not mine. And it's not, you know, if you're not the deciding factor, that's not what an election is about. So many people want, they're like, well, if I get to make the deciding vote, then yeah, you know, but America in its individualistic nature needs to get a little bit away from that. This is a collective effort. Voting is a collective effort and it influences everything. It influences funding. It influences immigration policy. It influences who's going to be running for president in the next few years because the people that we elevate to higher offices are the people that are going to be running for office in 10 years at the president, at the gubernatorial levels, you know, everywhere. And that is so important. It influences healthcare. You know, I had a mother that died of cancer. If we didn't have good health insurance, I don't know what we would have done. And for so many Americans, especially right now, health insurance and healthcare costs are crippling. And that is just something that we can't afford to have anymore. And as people in our generation realize this and become more fed up with it, we need to make a change. And that's, I'm so sorry to hear about your mom and knowing just the amount from my aunt who passed away, she had cancer, but she didn't pass away of cancer. Um, God she's do is she doing well. I'm glad she's doing well. No, she, she passed away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I thought you said she didn't. And I was like, oh, oh, well, okay. Well, we're in the same boat. We, I'm so sorry for that. I, I, I thought you said she was doing well. Never mind. Well, here we are. Well, I mean, that is hilarious. It's okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the fact that I did that earlier to somebody too. <laughs> <laughs> You know. I was talking about like accidentally doing something like that. And then you're just like, uh oh. <laughs> um, she didn't pass away of cancer, but oh, she, passed okay. she passed away in um, spring of t er, February of 2019 or February or early March, late February, early March, excuse me. Well, I'm so sorry to hear about her passing yeah. as well. <laughs> and so when we were going through everything, just the amount of debt she had from medical bills. And you're just sitting there and you're just kind of like, how? It's crippling. It's so crippling. And I know, especially even though I have insurance, it's still so expensive. Like for physical therapy, like I pay 75 to a hundred dollars a visit and it's, it's insane. It is pure insanity just for these basic needs. Like with uh, the disc in my back and, you know, for therapy, therapy for me is, $25 a session. And that's, that adds up quickly. It does. Yeah. Oh, healthcare. I could, I could go on and on about healthcare costs, but like, what do you like, what, what you do in day? Like, you know, and this just isn't, isn't just a podcast about, uh, you know, just doing the day. Think, How are you doing? How are you doing? I want to know about you. Let everybody know about you because uh, I forgot to completely let you introduce yourself in the beginning. So just so just go on. Let's just, uh, let's get to know you a little bit more. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. You're the sweetest. Um, my name is Melissa. Um, I, yeah, I am originally from California, moved to New York for, um, for law school. I'm doing well, um, in the face of COVID. Um, nobody that I know has gotten COVID, um, directly. So I'm, or had any complications because of it. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, 
today I went wine tasting, if we're going to be completely honest about what happened earlier. Today. <laughs> um, it was my, so I'm staying with my boyfriend's family and I have been doing so for the past five months. We've been dating for three and a half years. And I know his family super well and they're angels. So on my last day out of their lake house, I'm going back to the city this weekend. Um, it's on the North Fork of Long Island and there's like lots of beautiful wineries out there. So his mom and I went to go have a couple glasses of wine um, this afternoon and now I'm back. Um, at the house and I'm going back to the city in just a couple of days. Um, so I'm excited to go back to the city, but I am going to miss it out here. It's been really nice. Oh, um, but it's nice to get away from the hustle and bustle of city life yeah. and like tone it down. Like, especially like when I leave Baton Rouge and like, you know, my fun college life. And then I, you know, Hannah Montana flip flop it back to Alabama, <laughs> back to my simple life where I'm typically in my room, binge watching Netflix and sleeping all day. And then I go to play with chickens in the backyard. We live in the suburbs, but <laughs> we have, we have, do we just casually have a chicken farm in the backyard? <laughs> Not a big chicken I've farm. I've always wanted chicken. chicken farm. And I love talking about it. My dad, I didn't think he was serious. He was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to get chickens. And then I'm like, no, no. And he's like, sure enough, I came home at fall break and there is 12 chickens in my backyard. And I'm like, who are they? He didn't start with one. He went to 12. Oh yeah. That's, no, he just perfect. picked them up the tractor supply, bought the coop and he bought them a tractor go. supply. Oh yeah. He went to the tractor supply and he's tractor out. supply. Come, I don't, I've never heard of a tractor supply store. Like I don't know. Depot, but for like farm related stuff. So you can get chicks, ducks, dog food, dog treats, Miranda Lambert's dog toy collection, which um, my dogs do love. That's great. Um, it's, I went there and like you can bring any animal in on a leash you want to bring a horse go ahead there was a lady on TikTok who brought a horse and um you know when I think about the chickens and speaking of TikTok it was uh you know the who are you and it's like I'm Pam who are you I'm the owner of this house that was how um I felt when I saw the chicken <laughs> it was it was insane yeah, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big farm animal gal, which Ooh. doesn't really match up with my living in New York City. But I really love I love a good goat. I love to as a pet, not as like a meal, obviously. Um, and I like love alpacas, love horses, love cows. Like I love going to the petting zoo. Um, I was really fortunate. My college campus um, was right across the street from the Bronx Zoo in New York City, and so I could just like go there, and we got free tickets as students. And so there was one time when I went with my boyfriend. And he just stood, he was, he's like not very into the farm animal thing, but he supports my love of the farm animals. And he just stood next to the, like the feed, uh, distributor the fee dispenser there we go and he just put kept putting dollars into the thing to exchange it for coins and just just kept handing me food just kept turning the nozzle handing me food we were there for like an hour and a half he was like i don't know when this is gonna stop he's like i know that this is all i can contribute and that was like that that was that was the arrangement i really appreciated it um because then i could just have non-stop fun feeding a bunch of goats and donkeys and stuff for the day and that was like that was blissful it was blissful to say the least I absolutely love that. That is amazing. That's, that's the epitome of a healthy relationship <laughs> and communication, strong communication right there. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to have you back on here and we can do like a whole thing about New York city. And because <laughs> I, I want to give New York city another chance, of course, post pandemic, post pandemic, post pandemic. And you have to see like not tourist New York city. 
I think. And that was like my issue because then I got suckered into paying like a hundred quadrillion dollars for a plate of fish. No. So like there's really great places in Chinatown where you can get dumplings for like $4 and like you got to get on the dollar slice pizza train and you got to find yeah, dollar slice pizza. Where did you find dollar slice pizza? <laughs> oh, have you, have you not, I mean, if you went to, I guess it's, I feel like you don't really realize the first time you go, there are, I'm not even joking, probably like $200 size pizza places. And I'll just say 99 cent pizza. And the apartment that I am, that I just moved out of and I'm moving into my new one. Um, I had a dollar size pizza on the block that I was in. So I'd walk out the back door of the building. I'd circle to the dollar size pizza net, and then I'd come back in the front door. And, um, it happened several times and many times. And the, and I had a doorman at the time. I feel like nobody ever knows me better than my doorman does. Cause he sees like every time that I go get ice cream, like in the middle of the night, it's like 2am and I'm, like, I'm really hungry for ice cream or like oh, yeah. a, a pizza. And I feel like a little bit ashamed, but I'm like, I feel like he gets it. And I'm just like, what's up? <laughs> and then I just keep walking. But sometimes I'm like ice cream, then I go get pizza. And I feel like that's when it gets a little sketchy, but um, yeah, 99 cent pizza is big, big thing. 10 out of 10 would recommend. One of my friends moved to New York City and she was like posting all the time about pizza. And I never realized how much New Yorkians, is that, is that a proper term? Proper term? New York's, New York, New York. No, that's not a proper term. (laughs) I just didn't hear you. (laughs) New Yorkians? Or is it like New York? No, New York. New Yorkers. Yorkers. Yeah. Wow. I've been thinking about Alabama. Yeah, I was like New New York. That's that's about how everybody in New York looked at me trying to (laughs) where I was trying to go. And then navigating the subway. I was so scared. I was terrified that I was not gonna get off with my group for no reason because we traveled in a pack. Anytime we rode the subway, we traveled in a pack. Yeah. And I made the wrong decision of being a rookie in New York and wearing like these cute little heeled booties. Mistake. I've gotten good at it though. Sometimes I do bite the bullet and like I'll walk around the city all day because I'm like, I look awesome in these boots and the city's gonna know it. Um, so oh, I love my that. iconic outfit with my uh, New York, not my New York, um, my Kate Spade New York coat that I had. I have this powder blue. I love it. I wear it to like all of my freezing cold appearances. And so this was a picture of Blair Waldorf, right? Iconic. We love, we love, we love looking at Blair. And then this was my outfit. Let's see. Where's the, where's the full scale version? And so this was me on the top of the Empire State Building. Oh, it might be too bright. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Technical difficulties. Oh, that's my. Now I'm just, now I'm just on your notifications page. Oh my God, you look so cute. And we, you know, when you're leaving the little touristy spot, obviously you know you gotta go but there was a picture of when Chuck Bass was on the top of the Empire State Building and so since I was like someone made that comment while they're there and they're like oh look it's Chuck so you gotta take a picture with that is amazing New York was a fun time and it was freezing cold and I ended up scratching my eye before we left so I couldn't wear my contacts And luckily I was like on the tail end of it. So I couldn't wear them for the first 48 hours I was in New York just because I had eye drops and like, they were like, do not put your contacts in. But so I went blind in um, Times Square or well, not blind. I should not use that term, but I went um, hard of sight in um, Times Square just for the picture. For the picture. I I just didn't want to wear my glasses. 
because it was gonna ruin the aesthetic my new york my new york also benefits of seeing it that is such a cute outfit see isn't it and all it was was like leggings see here's the thing it was leggings i had this like cute striped top that i wore underneath it but like you would never see it unless we were inside at a restaurant and it was christmas time it was christmas in new york city i was like i gotta be on point here i was like who knows like maybe i'll just see some like random random cute guy and fall in love and have a whirlwind romance it's it's all it's all in the city it's all and then we love Oh, look, here's your office, probably. There was Radio City Music oh Hall. Oh, my God, it's right next door. Oh, my God, so fun. Is it, like, the Radio City Music Hall, the street, and then the one next to it, or is the one on the opposite side of Radio City? No, it's, like, the one that, um, like, the door to the left of Radio City Music Hall, and, like, the building that extends above Radio City, City Music Hall, it, like, it, like, kind of covers it. So the lobby is, like, oh, yeah. but the building that's above it is my office building. Oh, I know exactly where that is. I've been there. <laughs> Because, like, when you're going to, like, the backstage of um, Radio City Music Hall and you're doing, like, the Rockette tour and everything, which I suggest, like, you know, if you want to ever have a fun touristy day, it's a really good tour. And then you can also get go tour Madison Square Garden, too. But, yeah, to see the Jingle Ball being set up, ugh, I loved it. But, like, New York, I was so stressed and I was crying all the time because <laughs> I was, like, it's freezing cold. I want to go home. But then, like, when we were out doing stuff and, like, doing all the fun, cool stuff, cool things and then we got to go to Macy's before it opened like during the busy holiday center season and we got to go in and have breakfast at Macy's downstairs where the restaurants are and like they're a little like teen zone we got to like hang out down there they did a fashion show like we were getting the royal treatment that's amazing I haven't done half of this stuff <laughs> and then I know and it was like exclusive like through DECA and I just oh my gosh I'm gonna bring you back and we're gonna talk all things New York but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me talk to you off about voting. Everybody, please vote November 3rd at the election. That's all I gotta say. And then where can people follow you if they wanna if they wanna keep up with you? Yeah, if people wanna keep up with me, if any if any people who listen to this have any remote interest in me or my life, um, you can follow me at at Miss Greater New York and 20 NY. At Miss Greater New York 20 NY. That's, that's answer. Um, I don't have like a Twitter, but it's like no Twitter, just Instagram over here. I'm just, I'm just an Insta. I have like a Facebook, but nobody wants to be my friend on Facebook. (laughs) Like Facebook, like Facebook's just stressful with the algorithm. Like, cause then I'm seeing, like, I'm still convinced I'm still going to end up seeing posts from Christmas in July. Like that's (laughs) how, that's how messed up my, like I saw an Easter picture. Someone from Easter. You're like, I will not know what season it is. If I, I, don't, I don't even know. Like, am I, are we sure it's August? Because then now I'm starting to see the back to school pictures and oh, oh my goodness. It's insane. But thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. You are so amazing. I love chatting with you. I love that. All right. Thank you. Talk to you later. <laughs>